What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. Really appreciate you guys pushing us over 1,000 followers. I think that was two, three days ago we did that. Really appreciate all your support. You guys get all of our new podcasts, articles, everything we put out on the baseball side over at Ethos Fantasy BB. And of course, if you guys are not on Twitter, like I usually remind you, you can find pretty much all that same content at sportsethos.com. The reason why I say pretty much all the same content, not 100% of it, is because our guys are tweeting out throughout the day different updates, little bits of information, uh, whatever it is that comes across their minds that they think you should know. They've been tweeting it out uh, since the baseball season started. Our team has done a really fantastic job. So when I say you can find it all in sportsethos.com, you get most of it, but you're missing uh, that analysis, that insight throughout the day from our guys. So make sure you are on Twitter. I know it can be kind of a hard place to be on. But if you're able to make an account or if you have an account, go check out uh, Ethos Fantasy BB. It's really worthwhile stuff that the guys are putting out over there. We're going to talk about some news and notes today, and we are also going to take a look at some Friday streamers. So let's, let's start off with the big news, I think, across the fantasy baseball world over the last 24 hours or so. Yuri Perez, the highly touted Marlins prospect, is going to be getting recalled skipping over the AAA level, coming right up to the big leagues. And he will get the start. Uh, This, is it Friday or Saturday where he will start? Friday, he will get the start against the Reds. This one is very interesting. Um, Yuri Perez is 20 years old. He just turned 20 years old a few weeks ago. He was born in 2003. Insanity, but he is going to be pitching in the big leagues this Friday. If you look at his minor league track record, it's incredibly good. You know, the numbers are very strong. The strikeout numbers are very good. The control, for the most part, is pretty good. You're looking at between like a 6 and a 9% walk rate, which is okay. Maybe it's a little bit on the higher side, but that was... When he was in, uh, when he was at low A, he was like nine and a half percent walk rate. Over these last couple of years in Double A, he's giving you like an eight percent walk rate with a thirty-five, roughly percent strikeout rate. That'll play for sure if he can do that at the big league level. If you look at the pitching indicators, the FIP and the XFIP and things like that, they're pretty good. You know, they're not crazy, crazy good. Uh, you know, we're talking like a FIP in the four range, XFIP in like the you know mid three kind of range. He he looks to be like a very good pitching prospect. And again, I have to you know preface this because some people might you know see the title of the show, tune in when they haven't heard before or whatever. I am not a minor league prospect analyst at all. I focus so well, mostly, maybe not solely, but mostly on the redraft game, on the guys you draft at the beginning of the season in March and the guys that are no longer on your team in October. When we're talking about prospects, I do not have the same level of depth with my knowledge. From all accounts, he is one of the best pitching prospects in all of baseball. His stuff numbers are very good. Everything is very good. The actual results at the minor league level and some of those indicators have been you know, generally pretty okay, but they're not something that I'm looking at and I'm saying, holy shit, Like he is just like unbelievable. Like, I think he's going to be a very good pitcher. But I think he's going to be overbid on as well because we've seen so many pitchers. I'm talking about specifically, you know, Sunday fab runs. I think we're going to see him go, and I guess a lot of it does depend on the start on Friday, but he'll go for a pretty penny. It also, I guess, I guess depends on what the Marlins want to do with him if they say before the start he's going back down after the start, whatever. I don't think they're going to say that. But if they were to say something like that, then we would probably not bid as much. 
I think we have to be cautious regardless, though. I don't know that we're going to see a ton of innings. As many people have pointed out, his career high in innings was 75 last season, 78, sorry, 78 the year before, 75 last season. He's already at 31 this year. So what is that realistic number going to look like for Yuri Perez? Is it 100 innings? Is it 80? Is it 120? It's probably in the 100 inning range. You know, I don't think they're going to let him go too far past the 100, but I also don't think they're going to let him get to 85 innings and say, nope, that's it for you. Like, they need to start stretching the guy out. I know he's 20 years old, but you need to have, you know, your pitchers capable of throwing 100 inning seasons. I'm not sure if he is or if he isn't, but I don't think they're going to cut him short at, at 70, 80 innings. I think they we're probably looking at about 100 innings out of him. What those innings will look like in Miami, I'm really not sure. The team context is okay. They're currently a 500 team right now. Will that offense carry him to many victories? They're 29th in runs. You know, they're 27th in on-base percentage, 24th in home runs. I don't know if there's going to be that many victories. I don't know if there's going to be that long of a leash in terms of the entire season. I don't know if he is somebody that I'd really be labeling as you know, a huge fab pickup. Like, I'm, I'm saying that you should be picking him up in your standard Yahoo and ESPN and CBS leagues and, and every other kind of league like that, Fantrax or whatever. I'm talking to redraft league. He is worth it, and we're going to talk about him later on a little bit as well, pretty much talking about him now. But he is one of the streamers I'm going to highlight uh, for tomorrow's game. So I... I would pick him up, but I would also keep the expectations fairly in check. Something similar to what we thought of about Mason Miller when he was first coming up, before we had any of the problems with any kind of injury concerns. You know, a sky-high talent level, but we're also looking at a limited team context and probably a limited innings context as well. So I think that you're probably going to be looking at... God, it really depends on the start that he has tomorrow, depending on how high people will go and bid on him, but you're probably looking at in the... $250 range out of a thousand, like a 25% bid range, I would imagine. I could be wrong. I, I'm not the most familiar person with Fab, but I would expect after seeing what we, you know, Bryce Miller in some leagues last week went for like 400 and some odd dollars. Maybe if Yuri Perez has a good start, maybe he does go for like four, $450 worth of Fab. I'd be more cautious personally. I don't think that we're going to see enough out of him this season to make it worthwhile to throw 50 and 20% of your whole budget on Yuri Perez. But I would be picking him up in those daily changes leagues where you can still get him. He's at 42% rostered in Yahoo leagues right now. I think a lot of them you're still going to be able to, especially ESPN. Like, I'm going to check on ESPN. His roster percentage is probably still so low just because, in general, ESPN does take a little bit longer to catch up roster percentage wise than most places, uh, let's take a look and see. Yuri Perez is 10% rostered in Yahoo leagues, just about 11, 10.9%. So if you want to get ahead of the game for tomorrow, go pick up Yuri Perez today. It is his first career start, so you never really know how that's going to look. But I think that he is worthy of a stream at the very least, especially if you're just you know picking up uh, using a waiver claim as opposed to actually putting fab dollars down. I'd be picking him up, Yuri Perez, and seeing how this goes against a very favorable matchup here uh, against Cincinnati at home in Miami for him too. So should go well. I'm just a little bit more on the cautious side regarding the rest of season outlook for him. Let's talk Tyler Molly. Not too much we really need to get into here. There's a little bit of concern about the amount of time that he was going to miss, and it is going to, in fact, be Tommy John surgery. So he's done for the rest of the season. I think, you know, it's tricky to think about what his actual outlook is going to be like going forward. I'm going to just take a look at his contract here because I'm not sure how long he is actually 
under contract for. Let me just double check that. I think it might just be this season, though. Uh, yeah, I'll be a UFA next year. So I'm not sure what the future is going to hold for Tyler Molly at this point of his career. We're talking about somebody who's 28 years old, who's, I mean, like, he's younger than I thought he was, actually. I got to be honest, I thought Tyler Molly was a couple years older than he actually was. But I guess at 28, it's not going to hinder him too much in the long term, probably. You know, there's about that three to 400 inning kind of range when you come back from Tommy John surgery where your arm is just really good and you can throw harder and you're not as really at much of a risk of getting injured in that range. So sometime in 2024 when he'll come back, maybe he'll be an interesting pickup. But at this point, you know, there's still 17% of people holding on to him in Yahoo leagues. You got to be dropping him. I obvious. This is an obvious one, but maybe just some people haven't caught up with the news just yet. I don't know. If you're looking at ESPN, 52% rostered. So people need to get with it. Uh, Tyler Molly is not going to be pitching again this season and for a good chunk of next year as well. So there's really no need to be holding on to him uh, the way that people are still to this point. Let's talk about kind of a funny one here. Noah Syndergaard. So Noah Syndergaard, and I know, I know, maybe you guys heard this, and I'm a day behind on this news, um, but apparently he's going to be doing some kind of hypnosis. I just want to pull up this article that I saw earlier on the score about Syndergaard. I believe it was from yesterday, but I just missed it when talking on the show yesterday about it. So here it is. Uh, Noah Syndergaard is going to be trying hypnosis to turn his season around. He's been brutal to start the season off. Syndergaard, he's injured right now. He's got a uh, finger injury, but he's got a 6-12 ERA. He's got a 142 whip. He's only got 21 Ks in 32 innings. I know we were talking before the season about, oh, maybe there's a chance that he's able to turn it around. And I got a share of him. I bought, I got him in one league. He's been dropped. He's been long dropped at this point. But I thought maybe there is a chance that Syndergaard could you know, pull something together. Last year, his ERA was below four, you know, pitching for Philadelphia and for the Angels. I thought there was a chance he could do something, but if this is what he's turning to at this point, hypnosis, uh, you know, his quote was, I've done a lot of meditation and mindfulness practices in the past. This is similarly, this feels similar. Uh, it's just like trying to get your body in a super deep state, matching the physical side with how much my mind is working. I think if you're trying something like this, then you are out of options. You have no idea what's going on at this point, and you're past the, the point of expiration, and you're just trying to do anything you can to stay relevant unfortunate maybe it's too harsh but Noah Syndergaard if you're still holding on which is 24% of Yahoo leagues please please give up there is no point at this point in holding on to Noah Syndergaard he has not been good at all this season outside of that one start the first start he had which was against Arizona outside of that he's been atrocious like he has been awful 612 ERA 142 whip is not going to cut it you're pitching for the Dodgers you think there'd be more win opportunities he's only got one victory so far this season in his seven starts. The last one was very abbreviated. He left after the first inning, but it's still really, really not good news here um, that Syndergaard is going to these. And I mean, some people, it might be, you know, if they're going to some kind of mental tactic like this, trying to get themselves right mentally. It, it might work for some people, but at this point when it's just physically so off and you try something like this, it just has, it just reeks of de of desperation for Noah Syndergaard. So, Drop him wherever you've got him. I don't think he's worth holding in a 10, a 12, a 15, or whatever kind of team league. Maybe you're playing a 30-team league or something, sure. But I think Noah Syndergaard is very safe to be sending back to waiver wires at this point. I really do not have much interest. I do want to take a look here before we talk about some streamers. Under the hood at Eduardo Rodriguez. 
Man, so if you just were to look at Yahoo right now, he is ranked as the number three overall player to this point in the season. Like we were all expecting, of course, Eduardo Rodriguez as the number three overall player, behind only Ronald Acuna and Zach Gallen. They're the only two who rank higher than him, according to Yahoo. Eduardo Rodriguez to this point, he has won four games. He has 47 strikeouts in 51 innings, a 157 ERA, and a .79 whip. I saw a couple people saying on Twitter earlier today that this is legit. Go and get Rodriguez. Go buy Rodriguez. My God, this is so not who Rodriguez is. He's just If you think he's going to continue up with a 157 ERA and a sub-1 whip, then by all means go and buy him. But looking at the track record of Rodriguez, looking at what he's done so far this season and how lucky he has been, there is really no chance that this sticks for him. Let's start off. Let's just break down a bunch of different stats here. So the strikeout rate is about where it's generally been for his career. It's at 24.7%. He's a 23.9 strikeout percent rate guy for his career. So a 0.8 uptick there. Not really something to write home about. It is up substantially over last season when he had an 18% strikeout rate, and he also had a bunch of weird stuff going on with him last season as well. I think there was something to do with his wife or something. There was some kind of problems with their marriage or something. There was a lot of personal problems going on with Eduardo Rodriguez. So it was not right. So maybe last year is not right to judge him on. But even if you look at him versus the rest of his career, 24% strike rate, about average if not a little bit below the rest of his career. It's significantly up from last year. But it's a pretty low bar to beat at 18%. If you're looking at the walk rate for his career, 8% on the dot, always 7.1, 8.7, 8.6, 8.1, 8.7, 7.0, 8.7. Now it's at 5.3 to start off the season. Is that going to be legitimate? Is he just all of a sudden a different pitcher who can locate his spots now at the age of 30? Was 30? Yeah, he's just actually 30 years old on the dot. I don't think so. I really don't see anything in the advanced stats, anything that I've seen from people breaking them down on Twitter, that there's anything really different about him this year from that point of view. So expect the walk rate to go back up. The strikeout rate, maybe it stays at 24%. If it does, that's a fine strikeout rate. It's not a particularly great one. Uh, and, and that in of itself is no reason to be that interested in him. Let's keep going with the stats here. Let's look at batting average on balls in play, BABIP, as it's usually referred to. Typically, you're looking at, and again, it's hard to get an exact number down here, an exact figure down, because it, it does vary depending on pitcher and pitch type and everything else and the batter you're facing, and there's a lot of different variables. But generally, you're looking at about 280 to 300 is a standard kind of Babbitt. He's at 209 for the season. He's 302 for his career. 100 points less batters are hitting when they put the ball in play versus Rodriguez than they typically are against the rest of his career. It's an anomaly. It will start to correct itself. Left on base percentage, typically you see a left on base percentage of about 70%, roughly 70, 72%. Again, it can kind of vary a little bit. Greater pitchers will strand more base runners in general. Rodriguez for his career, 74% strand rate, right? Pretty much in that normal range where you can, you know, nothing too crazy, nothing, not, no massive outlier there. The start of the season has led to him stranding 90% of batters, 90.4% of batters. You can't, you can't do that consistently over the course of a whole season. He is just not that kind of pitcher. He's not that good to be doing that. Last thing we'll look at here is the ERA versus his pitching indicators, the expected stats, essentially. 157 ERA versus a 269 expected ERA, a 308 fielding independent pitching, a 364 expected fielding independent pitching, 
and as 372 Sierra. All those numbers, which are greatly, at least a run plus higher than his actual ERA, all indicate that this has been a very lucky start for him. It all indicates that it's not going to continue for Eduardo Rodriguez, and he should be somebody that you at least kick the tires on and see what the value is in your league. I had somebody ask me this morning, where do you see him finishing rest of season, the top 40 starting pitcher? I said probably outside the top 75. That's where my faith is in Eduardo Rodriguez. If there was anything that was kind of going for him before the season and in the last couple of years, maybe it was that, maybe, and it hasn't even really come to fruition, but you know he's in a good pitcher's park. He's in Comerica Park where a lot of balls will die in the outfield and he won't have to worry about giving up so many homers. He's always had a bit of a homer problem. Comerica is no longer a pitcher's park. It is more of a hitter's park now the way that they've adjusted the dimension, so he doesn't even have that going for him in the long run. We're talking, again, it's been eight starts. It's been a very good eight starts for Eduardo Rodriguez. If you can sell him for anything inside of the top, like a top 100 player, and you can get you can aim even higher at this point because of the way he has sustained it to this point, but you could probably get yourself like a top 70 player for Eduardo Rodriguez in the right league. I see some kind of crazy trades being made. In my home league, the offer that is currently on the table out there is Alec Manoa for Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm taking Alec Manoa a million times out of a million there. I know that he has struggled as well, but I will still take what he has done. He was a Cy Young finalist last year, literally last year, versus a guy in Eduardo Rodriguez who is, I'm not going to say a nobody, but for fantasy purposes, generally pretty much a nobody. A career ERA above four, strikeout rate that's pretty average. Overall, the whip is 129 for his career. Just not somebody that I get that excited about from a fantasy point of view. So if you are able to trade Eduardo Rodriguez, I'd be happily doing it at this point for somebody who is probably a top 70-ish asset. Maybe even better, depending on your league. Uh, You might be able to score something a lot better. Let's talk about a couple of streamers here for tomorrow night before I let you guys go. We already mentioned Yuri Perez against Cincinnati. He'd be the guy that I am looking at. I think he's probably the number one option tomorrow. It's not a great day for streaming, but I would be trying to pick up Yuri Perez where you can. He's going to shoot up over 50% on Yahoo leagues. Go and do what you you can to try and get him on one of your rosters. Logan Allen is the other one here, or or the second one, excuse me. Now, Logan Allen gets the Angels, which have been a pretty tough offense, but to this point, he has done well against Miami, against Boston, in Boston, and against Minnesota, and, you know, Miami, not the greatest offense, but Boston, solid offense. Minnesota, fairly solid offense, and he did that uh, in Boston and at home to Minnesota. So I think that still, even though I don't have the like, the highest level of rest of season faith uh, regarding him, I'm not 100% sure about you know how secure he's going to be in the rotation. For now, he is secure. Uh, I'm just not sure about the rest of season outlook, but for now... Absolutely, he is somebody that I'd be looking at against Los Angeles. He's probably a little bit risky because of the potency of the Angels' offense. But when you consider what he's done so far, 16 and two-thirds innings, he's got a 2-7 ERA, a 1.26 whip, 19 strikeouts. I think 43% rostered is a pretty low number for him over on Yahoo. So I would be taking a look at Logan Allen against the Angels. The other one, this is more so strictly out of matchup, and this is probably for slightly deeper leagues, is Tyler McGill. I don't know if I'd be doing it in your standard size leagues. It's not been a great run for him, but he does get Washington tomorrow. It'll be at Washington. And we know the Nationals are a fairly piss poor team. They are the bottom feeder in the Amer- or excuse me, in the National League East. If you're looking at their offensive stats, 26th in runs, they're 17th in on-base percentage, 28th in slugging, 29th in homers. 
they're really not a team that you need to worry about so much. With Tyler McGill, even though the performance hasn't been there as much as we would have hoped for this season, still somebody that I would trust against the lowly Nationals tomorrow. So Yuri Perez, Logan Allen, and Tyler McGill, those are the three streamers that I will be taking a look at uh, when I'm set at my lineups and making my pickups tonight ahead of tomorrow's games. These are, of course, when I do these streamers, these daily streamers, they are for daily changes leagues because weekly leagues you've already been set and, you know, it's just very tricky to talk streaming in a weekly league unless you're really going ahead of time. And we've done that before. I do prefer to do it for daily leagues. But I think a lot of you guys are consuming content. Uh, who are A lot of you who are consuming content are playing in daily leagues. So I try and give you a couple streamers for the next day just to get ahead of thinking about uh, your pickups. But guys, that'll do it for me. We are going to wrap it up here. Tomorrow, we will take a look at some news from today's games. Pretty small slate of games today. We're talking six baseball games, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six games. So, And there's already a couple, a couple of them going on here in the afternoon. So there's not going to be that much to talk about. We will go over any news and notes that there are. We will talk about weekend streamers, which is a bit more of a process because we'll talk about for the next couple of days uh, worth of streamers. But until then, guys, check me out over on Twitter at JoeOrico99, at EthosFantasyBB, where you get all of our new content. And, of course, over at SportsEthos.com as well. Take care, guys. We will see you again tomorrow. But until then, cheers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.